Welcome into a new episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. And my name is John. And John, how the hell are you? I'm good, sir. I'm good. How how are you, my my best good friend, Chris Mathis? Doing well. Uh, we sir. we you guys, if if some of you guys follow us closely, and we know that there are some of you that do, you probably noticed yes. that we fell off of our schedule a little bit. Um, there was some some sickness that ran through our house that was definitely mm-hmm. showed itself like COVID. But after several tests. It was not COVID. It was just thank, children thank, going back to goodness. school. Yeah, just germ yeah. factories. Just you the know, little germ being, factories. Yep. They go up in the schoolhouse. Yep. Spreading germs everywhere. Um, you know, we had a uh, we had a little bit of, of that ourselves over in our house. Nothing too bad. Just, you know, I think it was allergy sinus related. But man, God, it's just like, you know, your, your sphincter tightens up anytime anybody coughs in your house. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh. It is. Get tested. Know. That's the we'll first thing my test. wife said. She goes, do you think it's COVID? I'm like, why do we, why is that the first place we go now? Like, it's seriously, um, no, it's it's, like, oh man, my ankle hurts. Oh, that might mm-hmm. be COVID. That might be COVID. <laughs> might be yep. COVID there. I read an article. <laughs> you know, there's always an yeah, article these, that's pointing out the symptoms. Yeah, I've, I've been doing my own research. Yeah. You know, that, guy, that statement. Don't, don't trust the scientist. Yeah, Ooh. don't. We're not trying Let's to get political. Yeah, come on now. Let's stay in our lane. Let's stay in our lane. But I have been doing my own research. <laughs> I, have, I have to. I have to. Thanks to podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's good to be back, man. I'm glad yeah. everybody's uh, feeling well and uh, back uh, back to normal normal health. That's good, man. It's good. Yeah, man. These crazy times we're living in. Yep. We back on it. And speaking of back on it, I'm about to fire John up the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. He's about to get my blood pressure up. Yeah, what he's about to go do. Up go just ahead, a little Chris. bit. It'll go up just a little bit. It shouldn't go up too much unless we want to talk about that first game with the dogs. We could yeah, talk about how they're, they're just started. Yeah, dude. Yeah, college, college football, football. It's back, man. You know, mm-hmm. down here in Georgia, you know, uh, getting a little cooler in the morning, cooler mm-hmm. in the evening, mm-hmm. you know, getting a little taste of fall weather, which I love. Yes. This is the time, October, I November. Love this this time of year down here. Um, besides football, like the weather, you know, it's, it's hotter than f- freaking bad breath for like three mm. months down here <laughs> out of the year. It's just unbearable, you know, yes. just moist. Yeah, moist heat and moist moistness. Yes. Is that a word? Moistness. It is now. It is now. Yeah. Uh, if you've never been to Georgia, uh, the summers get super humid down here. Yes. Like just. You know, and what's not, wild is if you look at if you look at the the statistics, it's actually yes. the highest humidity is in the early morning. I mean, yeah. just brutal. And I mean, it's, it's, in the it's sweltering, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's sweltering. So we're starting to kind of ease out of that hu- moist, humid air, and that crisp fall air setting in. Good, you know, good football weather. Um, yeah, dude. One of our neighbors. Yeah, college football back. One of our neighbors was just like super fired up first game, not only because it was the dogs, but it was just the familiarity. This is the way he put it. The familiarity and the routine yeah. of football marks yes. a lot of things, not only on the calendar yearly, but just like life things like school it, goes back, yeah, weather man. changes. It's, that, it's just, a lot just of having uh, football starting on time was huge. It really is. And you, and, and you really take that stuff for granted, seeing people in the stadiums. Mm-hmm. Right. Like seeing a college, the pageantry of college football, like that's, that's a big thing, but yeah, it's a, it's super nostalgic for me. Um, you know, growing up a Georgia fan, you know, my, 
one of my brothers went there to college. I think your wife went there to college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Athens holds a special place in our heart, but man, it's just damn Christmas, man. This is the most wonderful time of the year right now. It is. It is. Okay. It is. I Christmas mean, is I, love, I love baby girl. Jesus. I, I, I'm thankful for baby Jesus, but man, this right here, Chris, Yep. this right here, this the is start it. of college football. So yeah, uh, huge game. Uh, Georgia pulled it out. They did. Uh, I was. I know you were sweating. I was sweating, drinking, uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, when we got to that fourth quarter, man, we we're just we're offensively, man, we couldn't do anything. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. do anything, and that's a credit to Clemson, man. They got some. They got some big old biscuit eating some bitches over there on defense, man. You know what I mean? Like they were gravy. No, they got biscuits yeah, and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they've got some, you know NFL caliber talent on their on the defensive line, man. It was just a it was a heavyweight slugfest, man. And uh, Georgia did what they had to do to win the game. Um, I'm glad they won. I was slightly surprised they won. Uh, but after they won, I kind of, uh, I was like, you know what? I shouldn't be surprised they won. They needed to win that game. This is why Kirby Smart came to Georgia to win these kind of games. Right, right. You know? Um, and he's got a he's got a better track record than Mark Rick does. Mm-hmm. Not by much, but he does. You know, um, if that were a Mark Rick coach team, we would have, spit the bit on that one guaranteed mm-hmm. take that to the bank that game would have you would have got your heart ripped out but i just i got i, I hate to do this because mm-hmm. you know me man i'm not i keep it real chris i keep it you definitely keep, I keep it real. i keep it real okay i'll tell you this hold on before john says Come what on. he's going to say go ahead so go here's ahead. the thing about john is he's a very much a realist I really am. I will, I mean, I will stick my head in the clouds, especially when it comes to my Atlanta Braves. And if I start talking to John about the Atlanta Braves, it's not like I, I, I can't expect him to match yeah. my energy because I'll go at it with like full, full blown, like Braves fanboy. And he's yeah. like, I don't know, man. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to settle. You need to settle down. You need to talking about it. We're talking about it. We are talking about a Georgia sports team. You need to calm down. And I mean, honestly, man, it's in play. It's a factor. And, it, mm-hmm. and all these people, they're like, oh, people, there's no curse. No. Okay. You you either are wrong or you're not from Georgia. Okay. Right. Because I've seen it all. There's the, We just don't, for whatever reason, we don't have the clutch, Gene. And um, all, all it's going to take is for one major sports team to just break through. And I think it's going to open the floodgates for us. But... But until that happens, I'm always, you know, um, cautiously optimistic. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I'm excited. Um, you know, the NFL season starts tonight. Um, right. You know, it, I just, I just love football, man. I do. It's just, it's the best thing ever, especially college football. If you're not into sports, which I'm sure some of our listeners are, like, I could care less about these idiots out here knocking That's each other forward. out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can definitely fast forward through this, but, um, uh, super excited for football season. Um, I'm actually looking forward to going to the game with you and your lovely wife this weekend. Uh, We're going to go watch Georgia beat the snot out of the sisters of the poor UAB. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're gonna um, get me up. We should start taking bets on what the halftime score is gonna be. Yeah, we we should we totally should. But man, I mean, you know, the Braves are Braves hanging man. in there too. They're you know, they're looking like they're gonna win the division. I hope. Hanging in there with a pinky pinky finger. You know, you know, hanging in there like a hair on a biscuit. You know I mean, what I mean? It's, like it's mental image made me laugh i mean it comes down to you know a buddy of mine at, at church i've got like this like he's just as devoted to the braves if, if, if probably yeah. more um oh yeah and he's like you know when the schedule comes out at the beginning of the year no one really questions who you're going to play in september but it's not until you get to september and you see that schedule with the way teams have played right. that you go dang right. i wish we weren't playing them oh man i wish we weren't playing them yeah and, and you know that's you can't control the yeah you can't control the people the schedule makers, you can only play the team that's on your schedule, but right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like baseball, man, like it's, it's very similar to, and I guess really any sport, man, like you got to get hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. You got to peak at the right time. Okay. Well, the, well, the Braves are in a good position in that peaking because they had so many players that were out for like, you know, that very whole true. May, June. And so you get mm-hmm. Travis Darno back late yep. and you get, Waskar Noah back late. Yep. So these guys aren't tired. You know, like the Phillies are tired. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, plus two, we had a full hundred and what, 62 games this year. So, you know, the war of attrition is real in baseball, man. Like you gotta, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, uh, to put it as the great Ron Mathis would say, you gotta sack up, right? Sack up. Okay. That? That's, that's for you, Ron Mathis. You you know, 162 games, man, is different for, than what did they do last year? Like 60 games in the COVID season, Chris? 60. Not even 60. I mean, yeah, I mean, 60, and it was a it, it, that that was baseball at a sprint. It was amazing. Right, right. So I mean, uh, I'm, I'm pumped, man. It's the most wonderful time of the year right now. Um, I'm ready for some football. I expect big things out of my Georgia Bulldogs. I think they control their own destiny now. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if they lose to Alabama in the playoff, or excuse me, in the SEC championship game, which will probably happen, they're still in. Yeah. So um, that was a big win for us, man. That was yeah. that 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 set the tone for the UGA season for mm-hmm. sure. It did. It did. Yep. Sports, baby. September sports. Sports. <laughs> it's on. Let's it's on. go. Let's go. Well, John, let's get into yes. the to the to the the, the the meat of this episode. Yeah, we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta get into this eighties uh, thing, man. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah. we gotta chop some of this stuff up, man. Yeah, man. Uh, John and I, if you guys don't uh, don't know, we we went through a series of recording techniques. It was broken down into several parts, and I would mm-hmm. say I, I think I could speak for both of us that the eighties and the nineties were definitely our favorites to dissect. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, we, we kind of started to, uh, like, like I think I said in the former podcast is, you know, the rubber hit the road in the nineties, but man, we were getting super like foundation was laid in the eighties. You know what I mean? For sure. And and what John and I are going to talk about today, I think really, really highlights that quite a bit. So, uh, if you guys sit back just a bit, we're going to get into very soon. All right, so John, we're going to talk about the '80s today, but specifically, um, let me just let me just kind of set the tone. Okay. Um, John and I have noticed that a lot of current pop music 
has a ton of 80s influence, which, of course, we think this is a good thing. And now, oh, yeah. normally, John and I don't talk very favorably about current or modern pop music. Um, but we have daughters that are mm-hmm. getting into music. And what's happening is we're exposed to modern day pop. And of course, because we have some great context, uh, which we'll get into the difference between listeners that have context and the ones that don't. Um, John and I have great context when it comes to decades worth of music. So Mm -hmm. does that sound like the seventies? Does that sound like the eighties or the nineties? Blah, blah, blah. So we're noticing that a lot of this music that our daughters are uh, listening to which is on the radio or, you know, Sirius XM or whatever your, your flavor is, it definitely has very, it's it's not even trying to hide. Like this is very, you know, this is, this sounds like the eighties, like very blatant. There's the word for it. It is blatantly the eighties. Um, so John, tell me your, give me your take on it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to think anything otherwise, man. I mean, you listen to, Freaking the weekend, you know. Yeah, that song. That's what I was about to say. The the weekend I mean, winding lights, like that's yeah, take I mean, on me. Right, that's the take on me drum groove, like yeah, to the to the it's just like on a loop, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, just you want to talk about cut and paste, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think a lot of other instrumentation from the eighties, like synthesizers, if you will. That's a hard word to say too. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, right. Uh, you know, 80 cents, um, guitar tones, uh, guitar effects, um, you know, production, I guess, Mm -hmm. if you will, Mm -hmm. right. Is very, very much blatantly ripped off of the eighties. And, you know, Chris and I were talking about this you know, before we got started, you know, in our pre-production meeting that we do, um, I think it's almost, uh, subliminally into, uh, into the musical psyche of people, right? Almost the way like Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones and, you know, like James Brown and like, just like a, a, a musical, um, niche has been carved mm-hmm. right and i think the 80s have that same kind of of uh atomic structure to it if you will mm-hmm. like it, it is just ingrained in a person's uh, brain to where they just gravitate it, it's it grooves right it's mm-hmm. it's fun i don't know i don't know what the adjective is to describe it other than it just really makes you take a song, you're writing a song, and it's like, okay, this is an okay song, and then put an 80s groove or an 80s synth behind it, and it's like, okay, now I got something here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you can you can kind of do that for any genre of music, right? Like, if you're doing metal, you know, it's like, why not pay homage to some stuff that really was, you know, hot and heavy, like new metal, you right. know, back in the day, like, which right. is starting to come back around but i guess my point of this is there has got to be some sort of um a a familiarity that's already ingrained in people because even you know younger people 
uh, the younger demographic, if you will, you know, 18 to 30 year olds, like they're digging this stuff, man. Like you go to the freaking target, man. Like all the eighties clothes are coming back. You know, you've got like all of these shows that are eighties, uh, paying homage to the eighties, like stranger things. And you know, all this stuff is super, super eighties, man. Yeah. You know, and, and the girls, it, like the girls clothes, like we've got daughters. So like yeah. the girls clothes, they're very much like bright, super bright colors. And yep. like that was very eighties and like more spandex, even the way they, you know, stuff for their hair, like, you know, mm-hmm. headbands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yep. seeing all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, this looks like a eighties workout video. Like it does. You're, it's like, a, it's like, like Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? Lundy. Yeah. Um, it gets it, 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 what's interesting though, is like speaking earlier about context is that John and I see this stuff and we've got that context. We can say, you know, Richard Simmons or Jane Fonda or Madonna or right. Right. You know, whoever it may be and know that, okay, we, we recognize the influence. But yeah, I'm, it, I'm just wondering, and it's almost it, 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 not to cut you off, but it, it almost, man, it's like, it's a curse because when we listen to music, man, like it's, it's constant, like all we're trying to like dissect it. Not only are we right? dissecting it, but we instantly categorize it. Right. Instantly, like, like, dude. Instantly. It's, it's like, it's I hear the, that and I'm like, oh, that's an 80s song. Oh, that was an 80s influence. Oh, that was an 80s yeah. drum part. Or oh, that was right. an 80s guitar. Like, right. or, oh, that sounds like, don't, I mean, I do it all the time, man. I yeah. do it all the time, dude. All the time. And I, and I try to tell people like, you know, there's certain artists that I can listen to and I can shut that part of my brain off and just enjoy what I'm listening to and not like try to get into the DNA of it. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard, man. It's so hard, you know, and I think a lot of, you know, especially, you know, you know, older, older musicians, older cats who've been doing this for a while. I'm sure you've y'all probably feel the same way man it's just a constant like dissection of of trying to identify you know what's going on Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and you know um it's 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 really a curse but that that's my point i i I, I, probably forgot where you were going but i just well i was just saying it wouldn't be interesting to hear this stuff through the ears of someone who's who doesn't have context or reference. Yes. Right? Yes. So just like, take our daughter for instance, friend. my yeah, my 14-year-old, okay? Yeah. Let's use her because I have a playlist. I have multiple playlists of like like top like like different kind of 80s flavors, mm-hmm. if you will, right? I've got 80s hair metal like, you know, Rat um Skid Row Motley Crue, you know, like lick it up. Lick, lick. <laughs> I know you got that. In. I, I know it's on. I know it's in there. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, you know, but just the classic '80s, like '80s hair metal stuff. Like, I'm a huge fan of that stuff. You know, Winger. Right. Oh man, Winger. you know. Um, and then I've also I've got a playlist of that. I've got a playlist of like '80s pop songs, right? Like Hall and Oates. Phil Collins, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, um, you know, like all of the classic 80s Spandau Ballet. Mm-hmm. Remember those guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just all the eight tears for fears, like all that good 80s pop stuff, even Madonna stuff, man. Like, 
like Borderline, that song Borderline, that's a mm-hmm. great freaking pop song, man. Are you kidding me? I mean, she's freaking wackadoodle, but man, like <laughs> that stuff she was putting out in the 80s was great, dude. Like, so anyway, so I've got that kind of playlist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then I've got my 80s metal, right? Like my old school Metallica, right? My, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, starting to get into like, uh, you know, a little mega death, mm-hmm. you know? So she's, she, she's, she hears all of these playlists, right? Especially when we take our family vacation, I'm going, it's the first thing I put on is my eighties playlist and she freaking loves it, man. Like she's, she knows the words to all of them. Yeah, because you've been she, playing them since she was a baby. I've probably. been playing them, like, yeah, and yeah. she's like a huge Billy Joel fan. She loves Billy Joel. Wow, that's cool. And she found him out on her own just by me playing all that stuff. She was like, "Oh, what's that? What's that? What's that?" You know what I mean? So, like, it, there's a timelessness to that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, similar to you know the Beatles or Zeppelin or you know like any of the any of that that stuff man like there's a timelessness to this this production quality of the 80s like these tones these these different uh sonic palettes that 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 were kind of created like are starting i mean listen to freaking john mayer's new record man i mean it's i mean yep. it's 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 eighties Eric Clapton, man. Yep. You know so what I mean? Much, so much. I mean it's it's like, Toto and Eric Clapton. It's blatant, Chris. It's yeah. blatant. But guess what? It's freaking killer, yep. right? Yep. I mean, imagine that. <laughs> you know, wow, uh, the eighties freaking style groove and it's and it's killer. What do you yep. know? Another news know? water's wet, right? <laughs> so well, I think it goes back to what you were saying is that it, that, that word timeless, you know, there may be only a few genres that we could keep diving back into and the eighties until right now, I mean, I'm sure there's been bands that have been doing it and I've been, you know, listening to like what would be referred to as synth pop, which is still pop. Yeah. Eighties influenced stuff from like 2013, 14, 15. Um, but it's hit the mainstream now, you know, like once the weekend starts doing it and Dua Lipa is doing it and even her videos, I mean, she's wearing all the spandex, her videos yeah. like a, like a Jane Fonda workout thing. Blatant, uh, it's so blatant it's and blatant. they're doing, I mean, it's super blatant and they're just like, you know, we're going to own this. And there's some, there's some charm in that, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. There, know, there, there's some like, grace and charm in that for sure, man. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with, you know, um, I don't want to say riding coattails of the eighties, but maybe it is. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. I mean, if it's broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Right. Uh, but I know, think, I, you know, one thing you said, and I'm, I'm just going to put your yeah, words out there. Cause I, sure. I, I, in, in the moment I thought about them differently than I do now. So when, when okay. John Mayer released his first single from his new album, um, yeah. last train home, love that song, yep. you know, great song. Cool. Mm-hmm. But, your words were, how is that album going to age in five years, 10 years? You know, in and just I sound a, like such a, I'm such a, I sound like, I sound like such an ass. Like, Oh, I'm such a Debbie downer, man. But I, that's the thing, man. Like I, that's just kind of how that's just the, the musician in me. You right. Know? I'm so always, I, didn't, I didn't take it that way. And I'm not, definitely not okay, repeating well, it with that mindset. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that all the music right now is going to basically they're, they're jumping on board 
something that is popular right now. They're jumping onto something that yes. is cutting edge, but it's also trendy, right? And so we, we know because yes. of context, again, that word context, that trendy pop music has a shelf life. It does. Thankfully, man. I mean, someone like John Mayer's got a nice back catalog, and this isn't his first album. Um, correct. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to age well. So it's going to for for an artist like Dua Lipa who doesn't have a huge back catalog, like someone like The Weeknd does. But mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. new artists that are jumping on this, my only my only concern is they should be careful because in in five years they could just be non-existent. Yeah, I mean, you 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 should you always always learn from history so it won't repeat itself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny how history always repeats itself yep. eventually as it's doing now, but that's kind of, you know, with, 80s with music. music, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, that your, your, your term was per, it's a shelf life, man. There's a very, there's a very fine shelf life to, um, that kind of, uh, vehicle. If mm-hmm. you're, if your music's traveling in that, right. Cause right. It, it's just not gonna it's not going to stand the test of time, right? It's not, you're not, you can't redo thriller, no, right? No. You can't redo Whitney Houston. Mm-mm. You can't redo Hall and Oates. Like you, there's no, there's no going back to that. All you can do is pay homage to it and, and try and, and, take it to another level you know obviously we're all we're all influenced and i'm totally fine with that but yeah i mean the bill's gonna come due on that too you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like to me um i just it's just it's really fascinating that it seems like this is kind of the trend that everybody has kind of leaped on to and maybe it's like a 30-year cyclical thing man like you know, because that's basically what it is. And, you know, we're 30 years down the road, right? 40 years, honestly. Shoot, yep. what am I talking about? <laughs> um, but, you know, that's kind of the, that's the threshold. That 30, 40 year musical cycle comes yep. back around. Well, something you and I have talked right. about, which is actually a scientific study, is that um, it's, pop we're talking about science now, uh, people. Okay, this is this facts. Yes, but facts. Tune, facts. tune in, turn up. Uh, right, it's listen. been it's been scientifically proven that uh, pop culture mm-hmm. and things that were popular thirty years ago, uh, i.e., yeah. baseball cards, something that I'm massively into and is huge yeah. right now, like a yeah, massive really yeah. baseball yeah. cards in mm-hmm. twenty twenty, like like 2020 mm-hmm. well 30 years ago it was 1990 and guess what baseball cards were no bigger in 1990 and 1991 they they never right. from from a sales perspective they were never bigger than that now there's yeah. this huge resurgence right so every 30 years you're going to see fashion repeat and the reason reasoning behind this is because parents have kids that get into stuff and they release that thing and now they don't have to like market the crap out of it because all they're, they're basically putting this thing out. The parents see it and they're like, Oh man, I had that when I was a kid. And like all of a sudden it's back yep. in your, in, in your home again. Um, we were at target the other right, day and I right, saw correct. pound puppies. I saw, saw pound puppies. I was like, we had pound puppies when we were a kid, you know, it's, it, and it's, yeah. it didn't surprise me to see that. I was like, Oh yeah, that's it's probably been no. about 30 years. Yeah. And, and that's kind of always, the, you know that's that's the freaking circle of life right all right mm-hmm. that's just how how it, how 
everything kind of evolves, you know, in this 30 year kind of cyclical repetition, right? That's kind of the, the algorithm. Things just kind of get regurgitated, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's, it's strictly not so much like in the hip hop, like hip hop is kind of forged its own kind of thing. Right. Cause nobody is like doing records like freaking, you know, African Bambata or, you know, mm-hmm. or KRS one or freaking whoever was, you know, run DMC, you know, like there's nobody copying that in hip hop. Well, I think right? what hip hop, what hip hop does is the production of hip hop changes. Um, right. Not necessarily the person that's doing the the rhyming or that's on the mic or whoever that MC is. Yeah, it's it's production. It's the production stuff. Right? So, you know, certain types of production in hip hop, even though they're very nuanced, definitely categorize or you know into their own subgenre, much like metal would. Um, gotcha. I mean, I, I feel that metal and hip hop share very common things based on the just the absurd amount of subgenres there are. Um, yeah. But some of it comes down to production and, and there is some production out there that's happening that that is leaning towards like 90s hip hop, um, you know, through Cardi B and artists right. like that. Like you can hear like the the trap production, the trap drums, the hi-hat rolls and stuff and all these like um, different types of production techniques that lend themselves to trap music. Um, right. Are, are not on the radio quite as much now. Uh, that's been used for quite a while, you know, 10 years of that or whatever it's yeah, been. Yeah, it's just kind um, of, out, yeah. Well, that, and I think that that's kind of the same thing, like shelf life. I mm-hmm. think that's what we're talking about, Chris, right? The right. shelf life, you know, even across, across the genre, um, you know, maybe hip hop and metal are different because like you said, there's so many layers to there's so sub-genre, many sub-genre, yeah, sub-genre like, right? And, and people so get so passionate about it. You know, the thrash metal guy is going to turn his nose up at the deathcore guy. And the yes. deathcore guy is going to be like, why do you listen to metalcore? But of course, yeah. it all shares this common bond that it's all like metal music. Well, hip hop's the same way. I mean, there's still like some, yeah. some you know, knuckles rubbing when it's like, well, I'm into this or you're into that, you know. Um, but yeah, that sh- subgenre thing is, is happening uh, in, in hip hop as well. But, you know, yeah, that, that stuff comes back around. And I think we're seeing 90s in hip hop. We're seeing 80s in pop. And mm-hmm. here's, here's something crazy I read today. Um, you've probably heard of Machine Gun Kelly, mm-hmm. right? That, yep. that name's yep. probably in your house, is in my house. Yep. His album went platinum today. And it's all. Wow. It's all rock music. It's all pump, like punk pop, like pop punk yeah. or whatever. Like sound sounds yeah. a lot like Blink One Eighty Two, and this is right. a band that was huge in like two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. Yep. So twenty years later, pop punk is huge again, and you've got a, an album going platinum around that. So there's across genres, you're seeing repeating type things, right? Yeah, and I think that has to do with the 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 soft white underbelly of music which is the record labels always mm. trying to stay right one step ahead of the game one step ahead like what can be exploited or yeah exactly because of course so, at the end of the day like whether this is musical expression or not the underlying thing or overshadowing thing or whatever you want to call it is money 
It's money, dude. That's what mm. they're trying to do, man. And that's huge. I mean, sell it like platinum record. Like, mm-hmm. not we're not talking about streams. We're talking about platinum, platinum. Chris. Sales, right? yeah. That we're talking about sales, man. Mm-hmm. Like that's impressive, man. Like that is. That album's been out like a year, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, not like another band, you know. Um, uh, I'm really dig like the 1975 man. Like, yeah, their yeah. stuff is so so 80s man, and they sell out arenas. Mm-hmm. I'm talking 40, 50, 60 thousand seaters over in Europe. They could sell out over here. Mm-hmm. They have a huge loyal fan base, and they may and, have been one of the fans on the forefront that kind of was starting to push. Yeah to that to yeah the, i think the, they were man edges. i think they were what's kinda... great i mean what's great is they're all musicians too i mean their live yeah. album is so good i mean it's there's so saxophone good, solos for god's sakes i mean saxophone so solos good. yes so good man and and but to kind of to my point is and i'm glad i'm glad you brought up the live thing look at their live shows like when they when the little drone pans up mm-hmm. the average age that that the concert goers are are i mean dude like there might be 30 people our age in the crowd okay right, we're talking right. like it, it's all teenagers and 20 year olds for sure yes yes just i mean just soaking it up man mm-hmm. right which ironically was the same age group that was soaking up the 80s music in the 80s, the 18 to 20, you know, your 18 to 28-year-old, right? That demographic right there. Yep. You know, honestly, like 16 to 28, like the 16-year-old to 28-year-old, like that's like a, you've got 75% of of popular music being consumed by that age group, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate. I'm just kind of spitballing, but I think that that's probably... I mean, it just goes to show you, man, like that's what these record companies do, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're in the business of making money off music. They're going to find the areas. And here's the thing too. Like, this is what I truly believe. And I guess my question I'm asking is that, is that, do you think that has something to do with this? Maybe it's, it's the record labels trying to, that's what I was just about to say. Is it, is honestly, it's it's the record label. I mean, they, they grab an artist like the weekend and they go, hey, let's do this experimental album. And he's into it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then we're going to put it out there. Yeah. And and guess what? From our experience on the road, we know that that radio pushes the artist, not the other way around. And yep. we know that radio, you know, you, you put enough money behind that. You put enough, you know, money is power. Power is money. Um, I, I think that the record label is pushing this. And if there's like some kind of shift in like resurgence of a genre coming back, the record label to answer your question. Yeah. They're definitely behind it. Yeah. And I think that that, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious, man. Like, you know, the record record industry or the record labels, I should say, um, they're, they're having to, you know, create revenue streams. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's no more selling CDs and records anymore. It's all stream based, right? It's all, right. you know, social media driven. You know, that that's your audience is how many subscribers and likes do you have? Like exactly. that's 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 the new that's the new uh, benchmark, right? 
It ain't how many seats you can fill up in a stadium. If you've got 1.2 million followers, you can fill up a 50,000 seat arena just about everywhere. Yeah. Right. I mean, we see that happen all the time. Like I'm, I'm blown away by, you know, I'm, I love minor symbols. I've talked about that before. And if you have a huge enough social media following, you can get a minor endorsement. You can almost get any endorsement. If you're a musician now, if you're a good player and you've got, you got content out there that's quality and you got those followers. Sure. We'll give you some symbols. Go for it. it. We'll give you some sticks. Go for it. It's, it's the new yellow pages, man. Like that's, that's what people companies in the music world that's what they're looking for yeah is your social media presence yeah and it wasn't very long Uh, ago i think two years ago i heard a a podcaster uh talk about you know when he when he meets a drummer and he asks him like hey what's your what's your instagram and if they go well i'm not really any really into instagram you know it's like he he said the first step he said yeah he said what i hear is is you don't want to be successful in this business right you know without without instagram without facebook well maybe not facebook but but instagram for sure and instagram. even tiktok i mean we we can't we can't discredit tiktok either i mean Dude, just TikTok this week is, it's huge this this week tiktok announced that they are they're viewed more than youtube now they have surpassed youtube yes yeah i mean tiktok is the new it is the new youtube mm-hmm. you know i mean um youtube is great um, but I think you're starting to see a chink in the YouTube armor. Thank, thanks to TikTok, right? Who is owned by China, which is scary. But I'm not. It's neither here nor there, right? Well, yeah. I mean, what what some of the uh, the bloggers that I follow, the tech bloggers I follow, is like, you know, in a nutshell, it turns out people would rather watch 30 second videos on their phone versus you know 30 minute videos on their computer. And I mean, TikTok is just, yeah. they capitalized on smartphones. They ta- they capitalized on Instant the use of smartphones. Instant gratification, Chris. Yeah, in, yeah everything's like. gratification. Yeah, you take that's, tiny bites all day, you know. Right. It, that's, that's what it is, man. And it's the same kind of, same thing with 80s music, man. It's freaking instant gratification, mm-hmm. right? For, for, for people who have con- contextual anecdotal evidence of, Growing up in the eighties, listening to eighties music, it it brings you back, right? Right. Two. Not nostalgia, you, I could say it's it's good. It's like, it's like right. positive, you know, it's like, whoa, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but conversely, you've got people who weren't raised in the eighties, but you get exposed to that and it's like, holy crap, what is that? Nothing mm-hmm. sounds like that at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, put on some, you know. I I can't even think of anything. Um, I, you know, I don't know who's that new chick, Olivia Rodriguez. Like, yes, yes. I ain't. There's nothing '80s about that. You know, that's. I, I think I think what it is is just it's a. Um, it's just a. It, it's ingrained into. You know, and, and honestly, to take it back to science even more, Chris, I'm going to give you some more science. Oh, back to right. the science. Okay. Are you ready for science? <laughs> I've done my own research. I'm always ready. <laughs> this is this is John John Mobley science right now. Get your pencils and papers. I've That's right, because I've been doing my own research, okay? Uh, I get my news from Facebook, and I get my information from Yahoo. So it's super, <laughs> it's super accurate. So I wish you had said you get your information from TikTok. Go ahead. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, do. I keep do, up yeah. with. Actually, you get your information from TikTok through your 14 year old. That's science. Correct. That's right. Yeah, that's science. So music, 
vibration, right? There's a certain vibration frequency spectrum that 80s music, I think, it, it, your, the brain senses that vibration as positive. Right. As happy. Right. Certain frequencies and vibration, your brain interprets that as not positive, not happy. Right. So subliminally, I think people's brains are wired in such a way that when certain music has a certain pitch, a certain vibration, okay, that's why, you know, like everybody likes Chris Stapleton, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks he's amazing. Like you can go on YouTube and there's, you know, all these you know, there's Asian people that review his songs and are, you know, listening to it and they do this commentary like, God, he's amazing. You know, uh, black cats on there, you know, uh, listening to Chris Stapleton, like, Oh my God, this guy's a real deal. You know, white people. I mean, like good is good, right? Mm -hmm. Like when, when something is good, there's a certain vibration. There's a certain wavelength. I don't know if you will, that your brain just automatically knows, man. Like you, ha you don't have to have any musical knowledge whatsoever. You just know when something is good. Well, that probably goes. Something. Yeah, I mean, to, whether it's sense? good or bad. Yeah, but but look, that's the that's the record labels probably through some algorithmic process. They went like these yeah, sounds they were on a lot of that. We, too, yeah, we, right? these sounds were on these songs. That drum groove was on this song. This bass part was on here. This melody part was from here. Let's manufacture this, you know, mm -hmm. in some in some crazy way and see. And and what it does is it taps into what you're talking about. It taps directly into that feel good uh, nostalgia. Yeah, it totally does, man. And that's the thing. Like you open the floodgates, right? You know, one of these bands, like the 1975, they're selling out arenas. These record labels take note of that. They go mm -hmm. looking for the next 1975, right? Right. Or they, who produced the record? Well, I want them to produce my record. Yep. Right? Just the same way it was in the it's, past, right? I mean, Lars Ulrich, on, uh, Lars Ulrich wanted uh, Bob Rock because of Dr. Feelgood, right? You know, yep. like history repeats itself. I think this whole episode, like John and I are, are definitely wanting to clarify that we're talking about this in a very positive way. You know, yeah, like, for this sure. Is, this man. isn't I us mean, like you know being negative at all. Like it's no, just, no, 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 not at yeah. all. I mean, th this is this is us, you know, basically tipping our hat to the record label, saying, "Hey, <laughs> you guys are are you, you know good call, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, exactly. well done. You guys, you guys had it right there. Let's do it again. Yeah, you yeah. got it right. So, and it I makes mean, me excited. I mean, what I told you in, in our pre-production things, it makes me excited about like what is the next five years or ten years going to be? Are we going to start seeing the '90s rock sound come back? I mean, it's already being kind of shown with with Machine Gun Kelly that it is mm -hmm. successful. So to see that stuff kind of come back is exciting, you know, to hear hip hop yeah, for sure. The nineties thing and the hip hop thing, that's exciting. I mean, that was the golden age of hip hop. Um, yep. so to see that stuff kind of come back, I feel like we're on the fringe of like more and more breakthroughs like that. And, you know, just like you've talked about music being nostalgic right now is a very good thing for people's psyche just because it's, of all the stuff that the world's gone yeah. through with COVID. Yeah. I think, I think that's why people are consuming it. Uh, is because it makes them feel good, man. You know, and that's mm -hmm. what music's supposed to do, man. You know, it's mm -hmm. supposed to take you, take you out of your out of your problems, man, and put you in a in a in a in a in a better 
better state of mind, if you will. And yeah. that anytime I hear something, anything eighties, man, I'm just, it automatically, it's just like a warm blanket, man. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh God, that sounds so good. Or it's like, Oh man, that freaking stereo chorus and delay on that guitar. Sure. Sure. is suiting my constitution right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so do. it, 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 uh, it, it is definitely, uh, I am all for all the eighties, but to be careful, right? Shelf life on it for sure. There is a shelf life. That's for sure. And I'm sure as they're making this stuff, they're aware of that. You know, it's about cashing in your chips right now. So, right. um, yep. one thing you guys may have noticed that this, we, uh, we tagged this episode as a part one. Our intention is to go further into this, um, maybe not right away, but we would like to dissect specifically as musicians, what, Right. Um, what kind of, you know, dissect what makes these sounds, you know, what makes the guitar sound the way it does, the synth right. parts, the, even the gear itself that got us to that yes. place, which means what got us to that place in the physical eighties, not what got us there now. Um, right. so drum sounds and all those kind of things. So our, our part two, um, you guys be looking forward to uh, a deep dive into the sounds of the eighties. Yes. Cause that's, that's, that's going to be fun for us to get into the gear and actual stuff that, 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 that you associate those particular sounds with their specific, super specific pieces of gear that everybody was using to achieve that. So I can't wait to get into that and chop that up for sure. So stay tuned for that. Yes. All of our good listeners and people in the world of podcasts, <laughs> listener people, yeah, listener people. Thank you. You people. All right, John. Well, we've, uh, We've dived, dove deep, dived. Listen to me, dove deep into yeah. some, 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 some eighties. We We're in it now. We're gonna have to keep it going. Uh, we yeah. we give a quick shout out to um, some of our our listeners who sent us messages. Uh, really appreciate the feedback we've been getting, the reviews we've been getting. Uh, John and yes. I can actually feel traction this year in a way that we haven't um, so far for yeah, the podcast. Man. I mean, it just I, feels yeah, like we, there's, you know. We've got, we've got people that listen to us, John. Yeah, just, man. We're just wow. a couple of, we're just a couple of nobodies, man. You know, yes. but you guys really enjoy our, our content and, you know, we enjoy talking and chopping all this stuff up and, uh, we really appreciate it. Continue to, to send in your, your comment and, uh, engage with us on social media. Chris, yes. where can they find us on social media? Speaking it's, of social media. Get fiddles and paradiddles, uh, all one word. They're long, all long word. words. All get fiddles and paradiddles, A N D, spelled out. Yes. Uh, on uh, on the Instagrams, we are also on Twitter the same way, but I think Instagram is probably the best place to find us. Yeah, um, yeah, we're 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 active on Instagram, so follow us on uh, on the socials. Uh, you know, reach out to us if there's something. Uh, you know, if there's anything you want us to uh, discuss, uh, if you care um, to know our opinions on it, feel free to let us know. We'd love to uh, love to chop it up, man. Yeah, man. That's what we sure. do, Chris. That's what we do. So I'm just going to tease something real fast. Episode 50 is coming soon, and John and I are working on 50. some very 50. special things for episode 50. Uh, yeah, it's be quite we, we got some big. Yeah, we we got a we got a big milestone coming up. We're working on some stuff. Um, Got some uh, good info for all of our GMP listeners. Uh, we got some 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 new things we're going to be throwing at you, and um, just going to be keeping this train rolling, Chris. Bringing yes. bringing the most hard hittingest podcast content hard, you can hard find. hittingest. <laughs> you love it. Hard hitting, baby. It is. You can that you can find anywhere on the inter interwebs on the interwebs. 
Well, John, we've we've done a thing. Feels good. Yeah, that's a good one, man. I feel good about it. I feel solid. Yeah, man. I feel real solid. So well, thanks, everybody, uh, for listening and, and uh, participating with us. And hit us up on the socials. Uh, Chris, enjoyed yes. it. Uh, I yeah. will see you Saturday, sir. You will. Uh, go dogs, baby. Go dogs. We're going we're gonna to he- head to Athens, Georgia, and see what see what kind of slaying they can put on this team. Yeah, it's it, who are they really who are they really playing? What's the name of the They're team? They're playing the University of Alabama Birmingham, not the Sisters of the Poor. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> gracious. If your yeah, team uh, name is that be. long, I feel like that's just as rural football as it could be. Yeah, it's a it's a directional school as as they say in the business. I mean, mm. you know, they got a good squad, man, you know, for, you know, they're like division eight double F or whatever it is and NCAA. But, you know, um, I think they've got like 18 returning starters from last year. I mean, yeah, look, <laughs> if we go in and do what we're supposed to do, the game will be over probably by three minutes into the third quarter. Yeah. You know, we'll probably be at the bar. Yeah, so they'll start pulling their first string guys. Yeah, yeah, that they, they, they'll be on. We'll be on our fourth string, and they'll be on their second string. So <sighs> they'll have the. We'll have we'll have the water boys out there. We'll have Bobby Boucher out there playing quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh, it's gonna be fun. To it's gonna be fun. Yeah. All right, guys, oh, we're gonna get to out of here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to John to to let us go. Yes, we are out.